Well, today, I want to talk to you from Mark chapter 8, verse 34, and I'm going to read this out from two translations, first from the New Living and then from the Message Bible. We're doubling up on the Bible today. That can only be a good thing. And I promise you, this is going to be a life-changing message. So get your phone on flight mode, get your heart ready, eliminate distractions, and lean in because God is about to speak a word to us. Mark 8, 34. Then calling the crowd to join his disciples, Jesus said, If any of you wants to be my follower, he must turn from his selfish ways, take up your cross, and follow me. If you try to hang on to your life, you'll lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake and for the sake of the good news, you will save it. What do you benefit if you gain the whole world but lose your own soul? Is anything worth more than your soul? Is anything worth more than your soul? Let's read it now from the Message Bible. Calling the crowd to join his disciples, Jesus said, Anyone who intends to come with me has to let me lead. You're not in the driver's seat. I am. Don't run from suffering. Embrace it. Follow me and I'll show you how. Self-help is no help at all. Self-sacrifice is the way, my way, to saving yourself, your true self. What good would it do to get everything you want and to lose you, the real you? What could you ever trade your soul for? What could you ever trade your soul for? I'll never forget the day that I became a Christian. The church I found Jesus in, I like to describe as interesting. It met in a hall with wooden floors, wooden roof, wooden walls. It was like a country hall. The words to the songs in our services used to come up on a screen that was haphazardly suspended on the right-hand side of the stage. And the words came up through a machine called an overhead projector. What's that, you're saying? Well, if you know, you know. Women with ribbons used to dance down the aisles in some of the services. The main worship leader wore a toupee. And one Sunday, while I was in my journey of considering church and discovering Jesus, the hair on his head slipped down over his ear while he was leading worship. It was an interesting church. But I will never forget the day that I realized I needed Jesus in my life and I made a conscious choice to open my life to Him. It was a moment for me of wonder and of surrender. I knew that it was a new beginning for me in my life. I knew this moment was going to change my life. A new journey had begun. I left that church service and I went home got to my parents' home where I was living at the time, and as I was walking down the hallway towards my bedroom, a thought came into my head. The thought was, I've got to get rid of everything in my life that's going to separate me from Jesus. If there's something in my life that's going to get in the way of this decision that I've made, I need to deal with it now. I walked into my bedroom and was stirred by that thought. I began to give my room a makeover. 
The first thing I did was I began to look at the posters that were on my walls. Iron Maiden, Eddie, a guy with no skin in his body. God probably wouldn't like that, so Eddie had to go. ACDC, Highway to Hell. Yeah, that's probably not going to help me on my journey of following Jesus. That had to go. Led Zeppelin. Yeah, I don't think you could buy your stairway to heaven, so that probably had to go. The next thing I turned to was my CD collection, and I decided I'll make two piles. One that I think God will like, and one that I think God won't like. And I had a large collection, so I started going through it. And at the end of going through every CD that I owned, I had one pile with nearly every CD that I owned, and the other pile with Tracy Chapman. Surely Jesus is okay with Tracy Chapman. I had a guy that used to live with me for a while who was a burglar, and he had given me a whole lot of stolen gear. I had a really nice camera, a Yonex tennis racket, tennis bag, a portable CD player. We're going old school today. So I put all that in a pile to take to our local police station and give it back. The next day, I went to Real Groovy Records on Queen Street and I sold all my CDs. People used to burn them back then, but I didn't know that. I sold mine and made a lot of money, praise God. I took the money from my CDs and I used it to pay the tab at my local tinny house. If you don't know what that is, ask a friend. At the, at the house where I went to pay my tab, there were so many of my friends, people I had spent a lot of time with. I knew that for me to change my life, to successfully follow Jesus, I probably wasn't going to see any of them, maybe even ever again. I was saying goodbye. Two days later, I finally got the courage up to go to the Avondale police station. I walked into the police station with the bag in my hand, with all the stolen goods in it. I waited in line. I went up to the counter. A police officer in uniform was behind the desk. I said, hello, my name is John. This bag and everything in it is stolen. I've become a Christian and I don't want it anymore. And I laid it on the counter. To which he replied, what? So I repeated it. My name is John. I've become a Christian. This bag and everything in it is stolen and I don't want it anymore. To which he replied, do you realize we can charge you for this? To which I said, my name is John. This stuff is stolen. It was an amazing, amazing journey for me to get this initial thought. I was just walking down the hall to my bedroom, a journey of maybe only three to four meters. And as I made that journey, this thought comes into my head, I've got to get rid of everything that's going to separate me from Jesus. No one made me. No one even suggested it to me. I've been awakened to God. And this thought just came into my mind. I wanted to yield myself to Jesus. Looking back now, I realize that thought didn't come to me from me. That thought came to me from God. The music was attached to my identity, and I needed to separate myself from that and find a new identity in who I am in Jesus. It had to go. The friendships I had, the tinny house I frequented, they were my crew, but they were not going to change quickly. And for me to step into my new life, in Jesus, that place and those friends had to go. The stolen stuff, every time I looked at it, I knew it was wrong. I knew someone's house had been broken into. I knew that this was not good. And for me to have a clear conscience before God, to pray to God, that had to go. And on the first night, within hours, 
of discovering Jesus, God led me to yield to him so he could free me, so I could know him, so he could lead me to the real me. God led me to yield to him. To discover a deep relationship in the, with Jesus in the age of shallow, we must yield to him. Everything about following Jesus, everything about intimacy with him, everything about discovering the life that he has for us comes back to one key verse in Mark chapter 8, verse 34. Let me read it to you. Anyone who intends to come with me has to let me lead. You're not in the driver's seat. I am. It's not your life anymore. It's not your journey anymore. If you want to come after me, if you want to know me, then I have to be in the driver's seat. You have to let me lead. To find Jesus, to know Jesus, to commune with Jesus, we must yield to Jesus. We have to let him lead. We have to give him control. We have to allow him to guide and to speak to us. It's amazing for me that I think about the fact that all of this happened on just the first night when I discovered Jesus. It was the first time, but let me tell you right now, it was not the last time. A few months after I became a Christian, I organized a group of my friends to go to a movie. I organized the trip. I chose the movie. I borrowed my parents' van so I could fit lots of the boys in. I went out all over the place, picked them up. And as we were driving down Wycombe Hill in West Auckland in that van, full of my friends, this thought comes into my head. I don't want you to see that movie. I was like, what? The thought came again. I don't want you to see this movie. I, I felt awkward. I felt confused. This was my trip. These were my friends. Yet I knew by now that this thought came to me from God. So I got to the movies. I went inside. I did what you would have done. I bought a ticket. I went with my friends into the theater to see the movie. The ads came up. The previews began. And finally the movie started. And within the first few minutes of the movie beginning, I could already see why God might not want me to see this movie. My conscience was troubled. My spirit wasn't quiet. So I got up, I walked out of the movie, and I spent the next two hours waiting for my friends in the foyer of Village 8 Cinemas in Newland. God had spoken, and I chose to yield to Him. If anyone comes to me, he has to let me lead. You're not in the driver's seat. I am. I started dating a girl in the youth group. She was my first ever girlfriend. I've become a Christian. I've got a girlfriend. Life is looking up. But every time I prayed, I knew that this relationship wasn't right, that God didn't want me to be in this relationship. Looking back now, I of course realized that that relationship was dysfunction teaming up with dysfunction. She'd come from a similar past to me. At the time, I just didn't have a piece about it. So I had the tough conversation and I ended the relationship. Anyone who comes to me has to let me lead. You're not in the driver's seat, Jesus said. I am. This is the journey of our faith. The journey of relationship with Jesus. It's one of allowing Him to lead.
letting Him to guide our lives, allowing Him to lead every part of who we are, letting Him guide our lives, being responsive to His voice, being obedient to His word. Being a follower of Jesus is about saying, I bow my will to yours. I bow my heart to yours. I bow my mind and my intellect to you. I bow my questions to you. You're God whether I understand you or not. And in lieu of even figuring it all out, I still yield to you. We discover more of Jesus when we live a life that is yielded to Him. It's in so many of our songs. It's in so many verses in our Bibles. But it's another thing to take a song or a cute Bible verse and to translate that into our daily lives. Every day, in every moment, to say, Jesus, I yield myself to you. I give you my heart. I give you my life. Come have your way in me. Not just to make that a lyric, but to make that an action. The essence of relationship with God is yielding. It's accepting all cookies. It's surrendering ourselves to Him. You are God and I am not. You know best and I do not. You made me and I am your creation. You alone know what is best for me. So I yield to you. I surrender to you. I open my life fully and completely to you. Check out verses 35 to 37. An amazing, amazing passage of Scripture where the Bible says self-help is no help at all. Self-sacrifice is the way, my way, to saving yourself, your true self. What good would it do to get everything you want and lose you, the real you? This is where Christianity is so different from the messages of our day. Jesus says, I want to invite you to discover you. And the way you're going to discover you is by yielding, self-sacrifice, yielding yourself to me. This is the way to save yourself your true self. Verse 35 in the New Living Translation puts it this way. If you're trying to hang on to your life, you're going to lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake and for the sake of the gospel, you will save it. What good would it do to get everything you want and lose you, the real you? I come to know God by yielding to Him but I also come to know me by yielding to Him. As the author and creator, He alone knows the real me. So when He asks me to lay something down, to release an offense, to let go of something that has hurt me, to change my course, to pause for worship, to forgive another, to surrender something, to pick up His calling, to identify myself as a follower of Jesus, he is guiding me to me. This is where our faith runs at odds with culture because our world says, I am free, I am me when I can do whatever I want. Our faith says, I am free when every part of me is yielded to Jesus. When you, God, have all of me, 
I am free. The invitation to follow Jesus is an invitation to live truly alive with the knowledge of God in our soul and to discover the wonder of what he has for us, to find the real us, the real me. Following Jesus and yielding to him is how we become who we were always destined to be. Relationship with Jesus is about opening myself to him fully and completely, going on that risky journey of letting God begin to shape and speak into my life. But this is what we learn in verse 35. Self-sacrifice, letting Jesus lead, is how we find our true selves. What good would you do to get everything and lose you, the real you? In our lives, this journey of yielding to Jesus, the truth is that it just never stops. Whether you've been a Christian for a week, a month, a year, 10 years, 20 years, longer, the voice of God never stops speaking. The direction of God is always being given. In the early days of following Jesus, he deals with some of the obvious stuff, but he's always working deeper in our lives to make us more like Jesus. Eight years ago, I was reading my Bible and a verse in Psalms began to just speak so deeply in my heart from Psalm 4.4. It literally says, don't sin by letting anger control you. Think about it overnight and remain silent. And I knew as I read that verse, God was speaking to me. I made it my screensaver. Then as I meditated more on that verse, don't sin by letting anger control you. Think about it overnight, remain silent. Verse after verse after verse came together to the point where I knew God was wanting to change something in me. Matthew 5, the Bible says, I tell you that anyone who's angry with a brother or sister will be subject to judgment. And I knew that if I had anger in me, judgment was over me. For the next three years, three years, I only had one area of personal growth that I worked on, to not allow anger to control me, to change the way I responded to people, to become more mature in wielding my emotions, to rightly respond to pressures in a Christ-honoring way. During those three years, many times, I had to apologize to people because now I knew that how I had acted in the moment was not what God wanted from me. I had to go back and do the humbling work of saying, I'm sorry, explaining how I could and should and would do better. But God had spoken and I had to yield to Him. I was on a prayer retreat three weeks ago, three nights, two days, spent time just praying and meditating on God. And during the retreat, I asked the Lord, is there anything you want to change in me? Let me just say to everybody, by the way, that's a safe question for you to ask God because God is so loving. It's a safe question because He'll only ever speak to you about what you're strong enough to change in this season. He'll leave all your dysfunction that's too big for you for another time. But I asked this question of God and straight away, I knew God was speaking to me about something that He wanted me to change. Do you want to change anything about me, Lord? And the Lord began to speak. Not an area of sin this time, fortunately, but an area of focus in my life. And God was saying, I want you to leave that. I want you to let that go. Anyone who comes to me has to let me lead. 
You're not in the driver's seat. I am. So we yield to Him. We yield to Him. Friends, if you want to know Jesus, let Him lead. Put Him in the driver's seat. Take who you are and allow Him to mold you, to shape you, to speak to you so He can free you, so He can heal you, so He can change you, restore you, and eventually reveal the real you. To bring the roughness of our unhuman lives and transform it into the finished work of Christ, the real us. We all must yield to Him. God's going to ask you to forgive someone you'd rather not, that someone you have a grudge against. God's going to ask you to surrender something that could come between you and Him. God's going to ask you to be generous with your money and your resources, to change your attitude, to pursue His calling. If we want to let God lead, to yield to Him, then we have to be willing to open up our lives to Him and go on this journey. There are two key things that we must do if we're going to live under a yielded life to Jesus. They're so simple. Number one, we must read His Word with a willingness to obey. Read the Bible with this lens. If God commands it, then we must obey it. I'm reading this book, not so I become a smarter Christian, but for God to speak to me and to change me. And again, I want to highlight Ray's message from last week. But the second thing that we need to do is we have to soften our hearts to hear. The one great reason why so many feel no stirring within them to yield to Jesus is because we are too hard of heart to hear. In Matthew chapter 13, verse 14, Jesus said that in them is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah that you will be ever hearing but never understand. You will be ever seeing but you will never perceive. For this people's heart has become calloused. They hardly hear with their ears. They have closed their eyes. Otherwise, they might see with their eyes, hear with their ears, understand with their hearts, and turn, yield, obey, and I would heal them. Sometimes, as believers in Jesus, we feel we're drifting from relationship with God like we aren't hearing His voice, we aren't experiencing His closeness. And often the reason why, not always, but often, is because we stopped wanting to hear what God was saying to us. This journey of closing our ears, shutting our eyes, is not hard and fast. Otherwise we'd notice it. It's gradual. It often begins in moments of pressure in our lives but it builds to a point where sometimes we just move away from Him, our hearts become hard, and we stop yielding, stop letting God speak. So if you want to yield to Jesus, let me encourage you to pray. God, speak to me. God, lead me. God, guide me. Show me what you want me to do. Have your way in me. I yield to you. Anybody that's been around Rise for a long time would know that I love William Booth, who founded the Salvation Army. 
And I actually mentioned this quote earlier this year, but I want to say it again because it's a goodie and it's a favorite of mine. In his closing years of his life, William Booth was being interviewed in America for, for a, a live interview. And the guy was talking to him about what the Salvation Army had been able to accomplish just in William Booth's lifetime. He created the most successful program for freeing people from addiction, which is still the case today. The Salvation Army spread to 58 nations on the world in his lifetime. Laws were changed. Hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people became followers of Jesus. This was an irrelevant stat in the interview, but a few years later he died, only three years later he died, and 40,000 people attended his funeral, including the Queen of England. So this interviewer lists off all his accomplishments and then asks the question, how has one man achieved so much in one lifetime? One of my favorite quotes, William Booth responded with tears running down his face. He said, I do not know. I do not know. But I would have to say that Jesus has always had all of me. Jesus has always had all of me. To know Jesus, to know you, we have to yield to him. Choose some quiet right now. Stand to your feet, every local, every home, wherever you're watching online, if it's possible, stand to your feet right now. Choose some quiet. Put yourself in a position of prayer. Maybe put your hands out like I am. Maybe lift them high. Close your eyes. And let's invite God's Holy Spirit to speak to us. Come Holy Spirit into every local, every lounge room, every computer screen, every situation where people are watching this message. I pray that you would lead us to yield to you. What good would it do? What good would it do to gain the whole world and lose ourselves, the real us? So you lead us to yield to you. If you want to come to me, Jesus said, I must lead. You're not in the driver's seat, I am. So lead us, Lord, to yield to you. I pray this because of your love, because of your grace, but you challenge us so that you might free us. Get rid of anything in our lives that stands between us and you. I pray this over your people today. Somebody's feeling prompted to forgive. Another person's feeling prompted that in their life they have to get rid of something that is literally taking you further away from God. That influence, that voice, that media source, I don't know, but that has to go. Yield to Him. Lay it down. Whatever in your life God is speaking, be responsive to His voice. I thank you, Jesus. Amen.